everyone. Hello, folks. Uh, welcome, everyone. Welcome back this week. You know what it is. You know what time it is. Yeah. Happy uh, Monday. It's Monday <laughs> yes, time. That's right. Yeah. First, no, second episode in March. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, happy March. Happy March. Guys, I'm tired. Um, Carly's tired. Here's the thing. We started work again, and I'm just sleepy. Carly's sleepy. Carly's a sleepy BB. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired as heck. Tired as all heck. Yeah, well, what else is new? Hey. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I'm, I'm a sleepy person. <laughs> We're uh, always talking about how tired we are, how... We, we always got a lot to complain about here on this podcast. Well, yeah, there's a lot to complain about. That's true. <laughs> Most things. Well, okay, folks, here's the deal. We're doing something. Should we just tell them right off the bat that we're doing something a little different, or should we get into the news this week first? I don't care. I don't know. What's what new this week? I don't know. I don't want to disappoint them What yet. are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not bad. We're doing, we're each doing... An episode, kind of ourselves, not ourselves, we're both going to be on here talking to you, but Harry has a story for you today, mm-hmm. and then next Monday, uh, I will have a story for you. Um, right. We just both had really long, fun episodes planned, um, and we didn't want to do a two-hour episode, so we figured we would give you one... I don't know how fun mine is. It's kind of depressing. Well, yeah, mine's not that... Mine's fun. Okay. Actually, but mine's also kind of sad at the end. But we have two long stories this week. <laughs> They're long at least. I didn't mean like fun fun. I just meant we had two long episodes planned that and we episodes are, interest- are already that we wanna, fun. That we want to spend time talking about. That we... Yeah, we don't want to rush it and be like, well, it's like an hour. We're already an hour and a half in. Should we... Yeah. So we're just doing... It's not going to become the norm Probably no, no, probably not. This was a lot of work, but um, yeah. So we're doing Harry's episode uh, today. That's right. So, but before we get into that, yeah, what's yeah. what's new in the world, Carly? What's what's new with you? Um, I'm trying to think. Nothing. Okay, that's cool. Um, <laughs> I just googled. Uh, I just googled the phrase "ghost news." Ghost um, news. And we'll see what comes up for that. Yeah. Yeah. The top stories are is uh, four men accused of buying ghost guns to sell in Philadelphia. Okay. Um, unfortunately, I don't think it's like a, a gun that shoots ghosts or anything. I think it's just a, a gun. Fake gun. Yeah, or a, a gun, an untra- a gun like made from scratch that's like untraceable and stuff. Mm. So that's unfortunate. Okay. Well, what's actually new this week in the news? Do you know? Anything you want to tell us about this week? I don't remember. I'm very tired. <laughs> We're both sleepy. <laughs> uh, um, I don't think there's anything I want to tell them, but I feel like I should. Okay, well- because we're only three minutes in, and news. I know they want to hear us talk okay. for ten minutes. Well, let's see right? here. All right, w- what happened in politics news? They voted down the fifteen dollar minimum wage amendment to the stimulus bill. Yeah, COVID relief yeah. bill. But then they they passed the COVID relief bill, so that's something. 
Yeah. P- people are in theory getting some money. Yeah. Which is, I don't know. Yeah. B- better than no money, but not as good as the money we should be getting. Yeah. Yeah. Are you looking at my hair right now? No. He looked up at my hair when I just took it out of a bun that I've had up all day at work. Um, oh, I have a funny work story. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, so we have a donation box, and uh-huh. it's just like a clear bin with like a little slit cut in that you can stick like a five into, you know? Mm-hmm. And today a woman comes up um, to the to the place and is like, where can I make a donation? And we were like, oh, just right over there in that box. Uh-huh. And she whips out, out of her, like, five Whole Foods bags, she has, like, a satchel and, like, a backpack uh-huh. and, like, like um, paper sacks, paper bags with her. Uh-huh. She pulls out this giant white tube sock filled, filled, and I mean filled. You couldn't even tell it was a sock. It was so full of coins <laughs> and just starts putting in the coins one by one. One by one? Yes. <laughs> I this guess is why I... she was there for 30 minutes. <laughs> she she set up camp. She still put all of her bags down. She put bags on top of the bin. Uh-huh. And she like put her arms on the bin. And she just started like, she would pour it out onto the top of the bin. And then she would just slowly slide one in, oh, one after the other. And she was there for a half an hour. Wow. Putting coins in. And we were like, we can just put those in a bag for you and like open up the bin and put them in. And she goes, no. She wanted to do it that she way. She wanted to put them she in. She didn't one want by to one. just, you, you didn't just tell her to take them to like the. She didn't, she couldn't go in. Okay. I see. She couldn't go inside. I see. She didn't have a reservation to go inside, but we would have probably just let her go inside. But that's why we were like, we can just call someone to open up this bin for you. Yeah. She was probably mad because I'm assuming she thought she would get in if she made a donation. And we were like, no, the donation bin's just right over there. Yeah. <laughs> and no, you can't come in. But yeah, she sat there for 30 minutes putting in this giant tube sock full of change. Isn't that wow. really funny? Yeah. That is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is really funny. <laughs> yeah. I told Harry earlier that it was one by one, but it was kind of like in pass. I was just like, she put it in one by one and she was there for like 30 minutes. Yeah, I didn't hear and you. This was when like you the said first time one. he really heard me say she put it in one by one. Wow. She might have done two by two, but it was like, but she I, I was can just picture it. plucking them in very slowly. And we were like, oh, she's still there. Oh my God, she's still there. Mo- One of our coworkers came back from their break uh-huh. and was like, "This woman is still there. <laughs> it's been thirty minutes." Wow. So I'm assuming it was over thirty minutes, but like, like I it. looked over at one point and she was just gone. Okay. So I'm like, okay, well it but was at least thirty, so I'm gonna say it was about thirty minutes because I looked over there pretty frequently. <laughs> <laughs> and then my coworker would be like, is she still there? And I'd go, yep. <laughs> and then I would just laugh about it and say, I love it. I love it. She could totally hear everyone talking about her, too. One of the public safety people came over and just yells, am I going crazy or is she shoving pennies into that box? <laughs> and we were like, yeah. And he goes, I'm not very smart, but. I'm pretty sure that's what she's doing. And we're like, 
Yeah, that is. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I see at work. I encounter lots of weird people. I had this... Uh, I'll tell you this story afterwards because they don't care. I should. Okay. I meant to tell. Um, I meant to tell people at work this story. It was so weird. This guy legit like was trying to get in uh-huh. to our place of work, and he he didn't have a reservation, but he said he donated a lot of money. Uh-huh. And then he just like whips out his wallet. Okay, uh-huh. starts pulling out like all of these random cards, and then. Pulls up a little flap on his wallet, and it's like one of those star deputy sheriff badges. Like a real one? or Like, like a, a real one. And okay. he just holds it up to me and is like, <laughs> let me in. And so I said, okay. I'm not going to tell you where I work because probably against it was against the rules just to let him in but i i took that as a threat (laughs) i took it as a threat to he just whipped out this and he was already kind of crazy and i was like does he have a gun in the back of his pants probably (laughs) i asked if he could come in and they said sure just take his info okay and as far as this podcast knows i did take his information down (laughs) Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Cool. This was all alleged. This could be fake. I'm just saying, this podcast, <laughs> I don't give factual information all the time on this podcast. <laughs> Is it real? The world may never know. <laughs> it was just very weird because like, he kept bombarding me with like, I donate so much money, I live across the street. And he's like with his wife and she's just like, when are you opening... They're like without reservations. This is so frustrating. And I'm just like, probably not for a while. Probably not for the rest of the year. And yeah. So then he just randomly whips out this deputy sheriff's badge. It looked legit. I mean, it said like deputy sheriff Chicago or something. And it was like this big old star. And it looked hefty. It wasn't plastic. Maybe it didn't say Chicago on it, but it said something underneath. If it was a sheriff type of thing, it probably would have been Cook County. Oh, I think it said that. Okay. I think it said like something. I think it said the county. I see. But it was, it looked hefty. Okay. Maybe, yeah. I was like, whoa, that's not plastic. And then I got nervous. Because <laughs> he was already screaming at me. So right. I'm like, oh no, he's going to hit me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, he was already very upset that he couldn't get into this place. And I was like, okay, <laughs> go on. He was freaking me out. I'm like, sure. this, he was very just like chaotic. And I was like, Meh, no, just go. Just leave me alone, please. Yeah, you 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 want to you wanna just let those people do what they want to do. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's just safer to just let it happen. Because honestly, if I did anything wrong and I got in trouble, I'd be like, look, he was the Cook County Deputy Sheriff. He's the one to enforce these rules. And he was the one breaking the rules. Mm -hmm. So I felt threatened when he whipped out his badge and looked at me intimidatingly. Because also I'm like, what is that going to do? Like, that doesn't get you in without a reservation. What are you doing? Yeah, you're not He didn't even say anything. He just, like, whipped it out and gave me a stern look and, like, held it up to the glass. And I was like, fine. (laughs) Fine. Fine. Whatever, dude. Someone at your side of work. Okay. 
right? It was exposing himself in the parking lot. So okay, we had yeah. to get public safety out there. To, I'm just outlining a day of work for us, you know? Yeah. You don't know where I work. It's probably the circus. I'm a carny. There, I said it. I'm <laughs> okay, a carny. Okay, cool. <laughs> and um, so a man was exposing himself, so we had to make sure he wasn't hurting children. <laughs> what? Nothing. It was a weird day at work. That's all I'll say. It was a weird day, but also normal. This is a normal day at work for me. Yeah. Right? This is normal. Nothing was really out of the ordinary. If you if you had a normal day at work, let us know. Uh, right in. Yeah, let us know what your normal day at work is like. Do Even you... if it is just a mop some floors. That's that's pretty normal to me. <laughs> that sounds that sounds mighty normal. I live and I want to hear about it. To hear other people's actual normal jobs. <laughs> God. What's what what wouldn't job? it be like? What would it be like to have a real job where people oh respect God. you? They don't exist. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> No, no one will respect you in any job. <laughs> oh. What? No one. No you think one. people are respected places? Oh, I thought right. you meant me specifically. No one will respect. No, that's <laughs> no one not will what I meant. Never respect me. No, I mean no one is respected at their job. Yeah, you're right. I don't know anyone who's actually respected at their job. It's true. It's a true fact. Yeah. Okay, well, I think we've hit our quota. Great. Let's Let's get it popping. You just clapped into the mic. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh my god, I smell like sweat and also bonfire at the same time, Why and I swear like... to God, I wasn't at one. <laughs> I was at work, and there's no fire at work. <laughs> I keep smelling like I smell bonfire. Like you know how your sweatshirt smells after you go to a fire? Yeah. <laughs> you make some s'mores by it. Yeah. Maybe a hot dog. <laughs> a little weenie roast, if you will. I, it smells like I went to a weenie roast. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's what it smells like. That's what it smells like. Okay. My sweatshirt. And then I'm like, yeah, that's what it smells like. But I didn't go to any such weenie roast. I didn't go to any fire. There was no fire. And then I also smell my sweat. Okay. I didn't put on deodorant today and I'm not, I'm not mad about it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Nor should you be. I don't like the smell of me, but it's only you who has to smell it. You're right. I wear my big coat at work. I'm outside, and I we all have masks on, so I can't smell a thing, and no one can smell me. Yeah, not if, that if, I know. If you can, if you, if, if you can smell me, get away and put your close. mask on. <laughs> yeah, there's something wrong there, if and I don't want to be near me, you're you. Too close. Seriously, though, if you can smell me. You're not following guidelines here, so. Okay, well, you get into your story then. <laughs> All right, cool. You're done? Well, yeah. All right. I said I am. <laughs> I'm done. What? Nothing. I'm tired. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. This is me every night before bed. I'm like, I'm so sleepy. I'm so, I'm going to bed. And then I lay in bed and then I'm like, Harry, why? Why is life like this? And I just start ranting in bed. And he's just like, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'm like, why do you hate me? Why would you talk to me? And then he goes, I thought you said you were tired. And I'm like, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And then I just start screaming about how tired I am. Well, as long as you know that's what you do. And, uh, yeah, it's how I go to bed. Mm-hmm. It's how I cope. Okay. <laughs> it's how I relax at night. <laughs> Okay. Doesn't sound very relaxing. I'm not going to bed angry. I'm not doing it right. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's true. Well, it's true for me. Every time I'm angry before bed, I go to bed real well. Anytime I'm okay before bed, I don't sleep. All right. My body thrives on anger, which there's a lot of it. <laughs> there's a lot of that. I'm telling you. Okay. All right. Well, my my my, my... <laughs> Okay, get into it. My thing this week is, it's sort of skirting the edge of what this podcast is about. It's a, it's, it's a conspiracy, um, I guess. It's a conspiracy, although it's like all like kind of out in the open also. No topic is off limits here at Known Unknowns. Yeah, this podcast is just about interesting things we want to talk about at this point. Well, it's probably weird. In some way. It's weird in many ways. You're right. Exactly. What's our tagline? Huh? Huh? It's it's weird out there. Yeah. So talk. All right. All right. All right. Okay. (laughs) So here we go. Here we we go. Here we go. Harry just lifted his shirt up. I was untucking it. He pulled his stomach out. I was untucking my shirt. As he said, so, so. I just want you guys to have a picture of what happened when he said so. All right. So, anyway, in 1964, the Texaco Petroleum Company, which would later be bought by Chevron, began exploring for oil in the Amazon rainforest in northeast Ecuador, in a region that would become known as the Lago Agrio oil field. Okay. They began extracting crude oil in 1967, and over the next two and a half decades produced nearly two two billion gallons of crude oil. Two billions of crude oil. Two, two, two billion gallons. Cool. I think gallons, unless it was barrels. Oh, shit. I might have written I that, copied that down wrong. Well, let's see here. Lago okay. Agrio oil field. I don't care that much. All right. <laughs> I'm just curious. Okay. One point, bar- it was barrels. Oh, my God. Folks. 2.8 million barrels? No, it was actually like one point. So up, upper one point somethings. I put nearly two billion barrels. I was like, "Where are these numbers coming? Like, what? your numbers are off, sir." It's a, okay. So over a period of Wikipedia here says over a period of twenty years, the Lago Agrio oil field produced one point seven billion barrels of oil. So I rounded up. That's wild. Okay. That's a lot, lot, lot of oil. Yeah, it is. Anyway, mm-hmm. in nineteen ninety three. A group of young lawyers who had recently graduated from law school toured Ecuador and the Lago Agrio oil field, and what they saw shocked them. Toxic gases were burned without control. Uh, toxic waste was dumped indiscriminately into streams and rivers or stored, it, or stored in unlined and unfenced open pits. Where was this? In Ecuador. Okay. In, in South America. Yeah. I know where Ecuador is. All right. Sorry. Except. Sometimes, really. sometimes you don't, and well, I, I didn't. I, le- I want to give you all the information you need. I didn't really know. I don't know where South America is. No, I'm I know where it's at. I know <laughs> okay. where it's at. All right. 
Um, toxic waste was dumped indiscriminately into streams and rivers. Da, 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 da. That's not um, good. Uh, unfenced open pits from which it seeped into the groundwater and killed farm animals and wildlife. Oil spills were left never to be cleaned up. Oil was intentionally spilled to clean the roads on which locals walked barefoot. Um, the indigenous communities of the area were decimated. Um, the rivers they relied on for drinking, fishing, and bathing became poisoned. Um, and the land they hunted and farmed on was ruined. Malnutrition became rampant. Cancer rates in that part of Ecuador were 30 times higher than in the rest of the country. Um, when indigenous people first came to Chevron with questions about these strange substances being dumped on their land, Chevron told them that the oil was natural. Uh, they said it was medicinal even, and that you could drink it like milk. Oh my... This yeah. is depressing, mm -hmm. actually. Yeah, you're right. This is depressing. Oh yeah. It's gonna get worse. Great. Okay. Um, at least... Uh, one or two um, indigenous tribes of the Amazon there uh, went completely extinct, um, oh at least partially because of Chevron's extraction, and a lot of them had like 95% of their ancestral lands destroyed wow. um, by by the uh, oil drilling. Um, experts have estimated the environmental impact of Chevron's drilling in Lago Agrio to be 30 times worse than the Exxon Valdez disaster. Um, it's been, it's also been referred to as the Amazon Chernobyl. Wow. Um, yeah. 30 times as bad? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's also worth noting that in both of those cases, um, while they likely could have been prevented by a number of actions, the event itself was, you know, basically an accident, like the Exxon spill and the Chernobyl oh, yeah, I was going to say, this is like but deliberate. everything Chevron did uh, in the Ecuadorian Amazon they was deliberate. It, knowing that they were doing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so so one of the lawyers who made the trip to Ecuador was Stephen Donzig, Stephen Donziger, a, a human rights attorney who uh, graduated from Harvard in the same class as Barack Obama. Um, mm. He was one of a group of American and Ecuadorian lawyers who led a class action lawsuit against Texaco on behalf of 30,000 Ecuadorian farmers and indigenous people. So he's a good guy? Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy in this story. He graduated with Obama? Yeah, and played basketball with him. Must have been a pretty good class there. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. Uh, pretty good class at Harvard. Harvard. <laughs> I'd think for a second. Okay. Nothing, no, I know. That's wild that a president and uh, this guy came out of that. I guess if you go to Harvard Law School, yeah, you're I mean probably that's that's Harvard's business. Well, you're not necessarily. Well, I mean, you're not necessarily you're not necessarily good doing good things. You're doing you big things. You could do a lot of bad things. <laughs> Yeah, and this guy did good things. You're and I doing would say, something. I would argue that Obama did some okay things. <laughs> yeah. What? Nothing. Yeah, you're right. I, I think that's that's accurate. <laughs> yeah. So, cool. Anyway, so they filed suit against Texaco in New York, which was at the time the location of their headquarters. Um, and so Texaco is in New York and it's an Ecuador thing? So they, yeah, so they got, they drilled for oil on this land in Ecuador. But they're um, they're a New York based company. Their headquarters are in New York. Yeah. Named Texaco. Tex <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, okay. In two thousand one, Chevron bought Texaco, so we don't have to talk about Texaco anymore. Who's Chevron? It's a it's another oil company. <laughs> well, that's what their logo is. Yeah. Chevron. Shit, that's yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, if your company's called Chevron, of course you're going to have a Chevron logo. I think it'd be funny to have like a houndstooth. 
and be named Chevron. So people will be like, are they just idiots or are they funny? <laughs> well, th- this is not a funny oil company. This is not one of the funny ones. <laughs> well, yeah, I know that now, but I'm just saying someone should name a company Chevron mm-hmm. and then have like a houndstooth pattern or name it houndstooth. Is it a houndstooth or yeah, name it houndstooth. houndstooth and their logo is a Chevron. Have a, it's funny. About a herringbone. Get that in there. That's fun. Get, That's get a fun a, name. Yeah, yeah. We could have have. Okay, herringbone sounds like a sounds like a clothing company. Like a that'd a, be a cool clothing company name. Let's yeah, start herringbone. a clothing company called Herringbone. All right, cool. Let's, sounds we'll like Harry. Yeah. And bone. Harry and bone sounds like bone. <laughs> it does. It, it does sound, sound like, like my that. name. Okay, just keep going. Hair, okay, yeah. Um, so, and in, in 2002, um, they argued in U.S. court successfully that U.S. courts didn't have jur- jurisdiction in the matter, and that the case should be tried in Ecuador. Um, this was in large part due to the fact that in the Ecuadorian judicial system, it would be easier for Chevron to avoid arguing in front of a jury. Oh. Um, but with that ruling, Chevron was bound by the U.S. to submit to any ruling that they got in, in Ecuador um, okay. in the, when, the, when the case worked out. So the case was refiled in Ecuador, okay. and Donziger et al. Uh, undertook a massive education campaign to inform the Ecuadorian people of the damage that Chevron had done to their country. Okay. Um, and as this went on, Chevron, who had just argued in the U.S. that Ecuador's courts were fair and just... Um, began to attack the trial process in Ecuador as unfair and corrupt. Of course. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the trial lasted like almost a decade um, or eight years, I think. Dozens of experts testified in the case in Ecuador. Um, 64,000 sampling results were presented Um, And the evidence overwhelmingly showed that Chevron had willfully polluted the Amazon and knowingly caused the deaths of uh, a thousand people, at least. Um, That's just, how do these people sleep at night? They can't have a conscience, um, right? Like, these people are sociopaths, right? Well, you know, you can get really comfortable beds with a lot, with a lot of, with enough money. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) <laughs> yeah so that, okay. that's how they sleep at night and they're sociopaths well yeah they're sociopaths also with really comfy beds so you know what that would make great sleeping conditions mm-hmm. god they sleep great at night Damn yeah it. Damn I, it. i'm sure they do all right chevron did little to dispute the charge that they had uh, polluted the yeah, polluted things. Um, instead, they followed the tobacco industry playbook and used procedural uh-huh. maneuvers and technicalities to draw out the process. Um, they admitted to polluting the environment, but claimed that doing so didn't cause harm to anybody. Um, what? <laughs> How does polluting the environment well, not affect people you know. that live in the environment? That is polluted. It doesn't make any sense. This is a dumb argument. (laughs) Well, yeah, but (laughs) you can argue whatever you want when you... Remember when everyone in like fourth grade would say, that's ignorant. No, I don't remember that. That's ignorant. Well, my class always did. And this is a perfect example of just saying, 
That's ignorant. (laughs) Uh, They threatened the plaintiffs with a lifetime of litigation if they didn't drop the case. Um, What does that mean? The the Chevron was, they would like keep count appealing and like countersuing so that uh, they would like be in court for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Okay. Um, They claimed they were no longer responsible as the site was now owned by Ecuador's state owned oil company. Um, claimed they weren't responsible for the things they did when they, they owned did it. When they owned it, um, okay. They threatened the judge in the case with jail time if he didn't rule in their favor. What? Um, they, the Chevron people did this. Yeah. Uh huh. The audacity. They hired hitmen to kidnap and murder <gasps> Ecuadorian activists and family members of people involved in the trial. What? <laughs> Wait, really though? Like, really, yeah. really, people were murdered. Yeah. Like. One of the lawyers, like, uh, his brother was murdered and, like, other activists and stuff were as well because of their, yeah. Um, But finally, in 2011, the courts ruled in favor of the Ecuadorian people. Um, Chevron was ordered to pay $9.5 billion in damages. Um, I mean, they had originally, well, they had originally, I think, tried to get 27 billion the original judgment gave them like 18.1 billion and then on appeals it was narrowed down to 9.5 billion okay but who's getting this money uh, the, the people who are affected yeah mm-hmm. okay good i was gonna say uh they can't really do much for the people who are dead right but their families, but their families right? yeah. okay mm-hmm. um so it's, i'm but- assuming this didn't end well <laughs> <laughs> i'm assuming this didn't end well for that judge maybe it never ended Probably not. Um, I mean, so, they said it wouldn't. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so to put the $9.5 billion number in perspective, BP ended up on the hook for a total of $60 billion in fees and fines after the Gulf oil spill. Wait. Um. Really? Yeah. And then these people paid nine? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, well, they, were, they were told to pay nine? Right. So that, Holy. yeah, that's the difference between, you know, wow. an environmental disaster on the Gulf Coast of the U.S. versus a poor South American country. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, but a win is a win. And for Chevron, a loss is a loss. Oh, gosh. Um, the conclusion of that trial did not mean the conclusion of the legal games and wrangling. No, that's what they said. They said it wouldn't. Yeah. They threatened. They were true to their word. Yeah, I bet. Um, not one penny has been paid to the victims of Chevron's devastation yet um, in the year 2021. <laughs> Just... um, after the judgment came down, the company sold off all of its assets in Ecuador, um, so making it impossible for the people to collect their due there. They're like, we don't have any money in Ecuador anymore. You can't take our money. Oh, my God. Suck it. Okay. Um, wow. um, then they filed an injunction in the same court uh, where they, the original shoot was filed in the U.S. and successfully blocked the plaintiffs from seizing their assets in that in, in this country, in the United States. Um, okay. And so like a lot of other big corporations, Chevron acts in other countries – around the world entirely through its subsidiary companies that it owns. So okay. the plaintiffs couldn't get any money from Chevron in Ecuador because Chevron Ecuador no longer existed. Mm-hmm. Um, the U.S. Uh, after the U.S., they tried to go to Canada, but in the eyes Canada of the, doesn't want them. The, that could, Canada does not want them, right? Uh, in the eyes of the Canadian courts, Chevron Canada wasn't responsible for the actions of Chevron in Ecuador because it's a separate company. 
even though they're owned by the same parent company. But <laughs> Canada? Does this look bad on Canada? It doesn't look great. I mean, that's bad. Canada. So this is bad. Yeah. It's in some other stuff. Canada is okay later on. But Canada. Yeah. I'm so dis- I had hope. I had hope for Canada. Yeah. Um, and the same is true of like, they also went to Brazil and Argentina and stuff. And so, but you know, all of the subsidiaries of Chevron are treated as independent from one another. And then you can't collect from them because, you know, they're not responsible for what the other one does. And you can't collect money from the parent company because it officially doesn't have any money because it's all in the subsidiaries. Um, And so the Ecuadorian villagers and their lawyers were stuck in a cycle of appeals and chasing Chevron like around the world trying to get the money they're owed. Yeah. Kind of miss the days where law was just based on morals but also that's bad because people aren't <laughs> was that ever the case evil yeah they said it was okay and then you know you'd go burn people at the stake <laughs> angry mobs yeah they'd take it into their own hands yeah bring it back no i'm kidding don't bring it back it <laughs> there was are not some a good people time, who should but... be burned at a stake i think <laughs> you know just kidding i'm opposed to the death penalty yeah there's some people who should be like thrown in a big hole in a big, that they can't... dirty ball pit <laughs> okay. that has needles at the bottom. That won't kill them. There's just like a used needle at the bottom of it <laughs> with barf-stained balls in a ball pit. All right. That sounds sounds appropriate to I me. I think that's a good punishment, but whatever. So anyway, back to Stephen Donziger. Who's that? The guy I mentioned earlier who graduated with Obama. The lawyer. The lawyer. Okay. Yeah. What the the lead like American lawyer working on the case. There was like another the protagonist. Yeah, the protagonist of this okay. story for the time being. Oh no. Well, no, he's he's the protagonist. Oh, of the okay. Story. He's I was the, like, does I guess he the, go bad? The main guy I'm talking about here. Okay, great. No. Back to, okay, as the evidence mounted and it became clear to Chevron that the Ecuadorian trial wasn't going to go their way, um, they fired the law firm that had been representing them and hired a new one that pitched them on a different strategy. Um, Gibson, Dunn & Crutcher is a law firm that has built a reputation representing many corporations dealing with a major scandal um, by selling their clients on the idea that if you can't win a trial on the merits of your case, you need to go after the lawyers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so this that's what they dirty. did. sounds dirty. It did. And I like it. It is dirty. Because Chevron is dirty. No, the, this is, Chevron is hiring the dirty lawyers <gasps> to go after the good lawyers. No, I thought it was the other way around. No. I got all mixed up. <laughs> oh, I'm upset. I'm upset. Okay, this is not good news. So. I'm sad. Um. So Chevron filed a suit against Donziger under the RICO Act, alleging that the suit he had just won in Ecuador was fraud. They filed suit against him in the U.S., uh, alleging that the suit he had just won in Ecuador was fraudulent and that he was attempting to extort Chevron. Um, I pictured, like, his physical suit. (laughs) Like suit jacket and stuff. And I was like, when did he win a suit? When did he win a blazer of some sort? Yeah, and there was there was a draw there was a there were door prizes. There were door prizes. And they he got bingo and mm -hmm, yeah, he got They pulled his raffle ticket. He got a he got a suit, but it turned out it was a fraud. It It was was a fraud. He cheated. Made of he put his he put his raffle ticket in multiple times and that's not okay. 
Anyway, um, the judge presiding over the lawsuit um, is U.S. District Court Judge Lewis Kaplan, um, who was appointed to the bench by Bill Clinton. Uh, Kaplan is a former tobacco lawyer and prior to his involvement in this case had praised Chevron as, quote, a company of considerable importance to our economy that employs thousands all over the world, that supplies a group of commodities, gasoline, heating oil, other fuels and lubricants on which every one of us depends every single day. What a little bitch. So uh, believe it or not, uh, Kaplan also had undisclosed investments in Chevron as well when he began working on the case. That's legal, right? That's Uh, not legal. Yeah, I don't think so. I I don't really know. Not that it matters really to people, but (laughs) I think that's illegal. I'm going to say that. Mm -hmm. Judges don't face much accountability, and nor do the second biggest oil company in the world. No. Um. Let's see here. Uh, Kaplan's bias was evident from day one of the hearings, refusing to acknowledge that Donziger was a lawyer, instead calling him a PR flack, um, and Whoa. denying that the Ecuadorian judicial system held any legitima- legitimacy, saying that wow. it was just mud wrestling, not legitimate lit- litigation. What? Legitimate litigation. Uh, he refused to acknowledge that the victims in the Ecuador case even existed, uh, referring to them as the, quote, so-called plaintiffs. Oh. Oh my gosh. He's a real he's a real fucking piece of shit. What a bitch. I'm so uh-huh. mad. Um he forbade Donziger and his colleagues from putting in any environmental evidence um what? or talking about pollution at all. Why? In the, uh, yeah, but like why? I Isn't that the whole case? Well you about yeah. pollution? Yeah, well they wanted to make it about uh just the lawyer guy. What what I'm so confused. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. Um, Kaplan worked closely with the Chevron lawyers to limit Donziger's ability to raise money to fight the suit, uh, to hide witness names from him, deny him a jury, and he was the one who urged Chevron, and he urged Chevron on in punishing Donziger for having the audacity to win a court case against them. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was Judge Kaplan who suggested to Chevron to pursue a RICO filing against him. Anyway. This is all so wrong. Yeah, I know. It's bad. Chevron's star witness in this suit was a guy called Alberto Guerra, um, and who was an a former Ecuadorian judge who claimed that Stephen Donziger had instructed him to bribe the presiding judge in the case and uh, ghostwrite the final verdict for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Chevron could provide no real evidence to back up these claims and relied solely on Guerra's testimony against Donziger's. Um, Great. That's good. <laughs> so Guerra had publicly been paid at least $2 million by Chevron. Um, <laughs> they paid to move him and his family to the United States from Ecuador. Um, they coached him for f- over 50 days before um, giving his testimony. And to this day, they still provide him with generous like monthly payments. Um, of hush money. Wow. Um, and do you want to guess who uh, Judge Kaplan believed? No. <laughs> I, I think. Uh, I think we know. Yeah, I think I think it's obvious who who, who he would believe. Um, now, in 2015, in a separate case uh, who related to the Lago Agrio affair, 
Uh, Guerra admitted that there was no evidence to support his allegations, and he also admitted to lying numerous times to Judge Kaplan during his testimony. Um, Kaplan's reaction to this was a big who care, and he declined to amend his ruling. Whoa! Um, the Second Circuit Court of Appeals also refused to consider this evidence, and in 2016 upheld Kaplan's ruling. <laughs> wow. People um, suck. Yeah. I know. Why are you telling me this story? Is there anything good in it? Very little. Okay, great. <laughs> Sounds uh, good. Yeah, some fraud that there is evidence for in the case. Um, State Department cables show that Chevron collaborated with officials at the U.S. Embassy in Ecuador to offer money to Ecuador's government in exchange for quashing the lawsuit. Uh, Chevron had a policy in Ecuador of destroying documents related to oil spills. Um, a Chevron operative in Ecuador boasted on video about replacing dirty oil, dirty soil samples with clean ones before presenting them to the court. Um, and Chevron themselves also attempted to entrap the presiding judge in a bribery scandal. The same thing they were accusing Donziger of doing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway. What? Chevron continued filing motion after motion, none too frivolous, in, a, in, in an attempt to hurt Donziger any way they could. This poor guy. Uh, Kaplan kept approving them and egging Chevron on, and Steve kept fighting and appealing them. This um, guy, I feel bad for him. Uh, yeah, well, things are about to get even more wild. Do they kill him? No. Okay. As part of the appeal process, Donziger was ordered by Judge Kaplan to turn over his passport, phone, computer, and other electronic devices to Chevron, uh, supposedly to allow it to search for his assets. Why? Is that legal? I mean, yeah. They can do that? Because it's like a, a discovery type of thing where they the need heck? to collect evidence. Whoa. <laughs> not, not just to, you know, find out about the legal strategy of the people who are trying to collect on the money they owe them. Yeah, this. Okay. Anyway, uh, Donziger argued that doing so would violate his client's attorney client privilege. Um, he appealed the motion on constitutional grounds, uh, but he said that he would comply if he lost the appeal. Um, this wasn't good enough for Judge Kaplan, and in 2019, he charged him with six counts of crim criminal contempt of court. Um, Kaplan took these charges to the Southern District of New York, who declined to prosecute. Um, you'd think that that would be the end of things. The prosecutor sees the charges and rejects them. Mm -hmm. You'd think that would be the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I think so. Judge Kaplan did something that I had no idea was even possible at Great. this time. Probably isn't. It's is highly, highly, highly irregular, like has maybe happened once Probably before. <laughs> um, he took it upon himself to appoint a private prosecutor in the case. Um, what? Uh, That's which not legal. Is I don't a it's private legal. prosecutor is exactly what it sounds like a private law firm prosecuting a citizen on behalf of the government, though in this case it would be more accurate to say on behalf of the world's second largest oil company. Uh. Um, the firm appointed as public prosecutor, uh, as private prosecutor, is called Seward and Kissel, and I'll talk more about them in a minute. Okay. Um, uh, but also another irregularity in this case is that typically there is a random selection process for assigning judges to criminal cases. However, Kaplan took the extraordinary move to bypass that process and instead handpicked another judge with a very pro-business record to preside over the criminal contempt trial, a Judge Loretta Presca, who predictably has acted in pretty much the same vein as Kaplan. 
I want to die. Yeah. What? Not the, looking at the yeah, time. Yeah, I was just looking you? at the time. All right, so back to Seward and Kissel. Um, Who are they? They're the prosecutors and the they're the private prosecutor appointed oh, in the yeah. contempt case. Yeah. Um, so they're a law firm that represents a number of other oil companies, and according to court documents, has directly represented Chevron as recently as 2018. Um, wow. They also represent a hedge fund, to, two members of which currently sit on the Chevron board of directors. <laughs> Yeah. So so yeah. no conflicts of Great. interest there. Yeah, none. None at all. Um, on August 6th, 2020, uh, Judge Preska sentenced Donziger to home detention while awaiting trial and the seizure of his passport. He also had to post $800,000 bail and must wear a GPS tracking an- ankle bracelet at all times. <laughs> what? Um, Wait, uh, I spit on your computer. No, it's, I, I think I spit on my oh. computer too. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he's, he was confined to his apartment, um, and had had to wear an ankle bracelet at all times to keep him there. Um, when this episode comes out, it will be his 582nd day of house arrest at this point. He's, this is still happening? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's still going on. This is why you wanted it out before the 10th. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll say, yeah, I'll talk about the 10th in a minute. Okay. Um, if convicted, the maximum sentence uh, for contempt of court for him will be 180 days. So he's been under house arrest awaiting trial for more than for three more times than longer three times. than the amount of time he, the maximum time he could serve if he's convicted. Uh. Um, the longest ever sentence <laughs> for a lawyer convicted of criminal contempt of court is 90 days. No one, No one's ever gotten the full 180 days before. They've only ever... If you, they've Why been convicted, guy, what are they trying to get him on? Because um, he he appealed an order to turn over his cell phone and computer and uh, electronic devices to Chevron. And that's illegal, apparently. I mean, no other lawyer has ever been uh, charged with contempt for uh, appealing such an order, but uh, Judge so Kaplan confused. decided that he uh, should be. <laughs> what? So that's apparently illegal to do. <laughs> Uh, apparently, or it apparently constitutes contempt of court. Um, he is the first lawyer ever to be detained pre-trial in a criminal contempt case. Like this has never happened before. In fact, he is the only person in U.S. history with no criminal record to be detained on a federal misdemeanor charge pre-trial. That's what this poor guy. Yeah. Oh, I'm so upset. Um. Anyway, uh, for their trouble, Seward and Kissel has been billing the U.S. government uh, $300 an hour to prosecute Don Ziger, um, amounting so far to a reported $464,720 of uh, taxpayer money. Are you kidding me? I hate this. I'm telling you the full truth. This is ridiculous. Uh, Yeah. Uh, so in 2020, a group of 29 Nobel laureates uh, called for the release of Stephen Donziger and condemned the uh, judicial harassment by Chevron. Um, since then, that number has grown to 55 Nobel laureates. Um, on February 25th, 2021, hundreds of uh, hundreds of students from 52 American law schools, including Harvard, Yale, Stanford, and NYU, announced a boycott of Seward and Kissel over their involvement in the Donziger case. Good. Um, 
Uh, curiously, despite the fact that Stephen Donziger lives in an apartment on the Upper West Side, Seward and Kissel's headquarters are located in New York, and the trial itself is taking place in Manhattan, the New York Times has not reported once on Donziger's confinement. <laughs> of um, in fact, the most recent thing they've published related to the Chevron pollution suit is an opinion piece from back in 2014, uh, uncritically parroting Chevron's fraud narrative. What? <laughs> yeah. That's not <laughs> suspicious at all. Um, of course, the ultimate, uh, as bad as it has, you know, as bad as it's been for Donziger uh, in any in any any interviews he gives and stuff with the press, he's uh, he makes it clear that the ultimate victims in all of this are the Ecuadorian people, who yeah, are that's true. Um, you know, Chevron had Stephen Donziger locked up in order to avoid paying the money that they owed to the people they've harmed. No, it's true. Um, I'm like, I was thinking about that. I'm like, I mean, this sucks, but obviously the stuff before that was even worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. When he was arraigned on the contempt charge, he was preparing to travel to Canada and Argentina to push for the money to be seized in those countries. Uh, Chevron were found responsible for one of the worst environmental disasters of all time and have been using the court system of the U.S. and other countries to avoid accountability. Um but I think, I mean, $9 billion in, for a company that makes hundreds of billions a year, um, you know, is not... Nothing. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, it's bigger than just this Ecuador case. I think, I mean, what they're doing here, um, there, there are countless other countries all over the world where Chevron and BP and ExxonMobil and every other major oil company have uh, carried out similar acts of mass murder. Um and what they're doing in this case is clearly intended as an example to all of their victims and all of the lawyers who would be their defenders. Yeah, yeah. Um, that they will not be held accountable, uh, that they will pollute and steal and kill as much as they please, um, that there is no authority that can or will stop them. And if you try, they will ruin your fucking life. Um. Uh, every yeah. big corporation in the world is watching this case and taking notes, um, and we can watch too. Um, I don't know if there's much uh, an ordinary person can do to affect the outcome here. Uh, the yeah. forces at play seem so large and all-powerful, but like, I do this know. This sounds sad. Like, it just makes me so, like, I just have no hope. I'm like, what can I actually do? Nothing can be done. Like, yeah. that's so depressing. Mm -hmm. You I can't know. fight it. You can't fight the No one can. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But I do know based based on the dearth of media coverage in this hugely like unprecedented case um, that they don't want us to see what they're doing. Um, no, I've I was like, why aren't people talking about this? Yeah. Well, no one's reporting on it because well, for obvious reasons. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I and Don Ziger and his legal team urge you to educate yourself on the case. Um, so on March 10th, a hearing will be held in New York to determine whether Stephen Donziger can be released from house arrest. Oh, my goodness. Um, this poor guy. <laughs> which it will be possible to listen into live. Uh, you can, And Steve and his colleagues are asking people to dial in and bear witness to yeah, how do you do what that? everyone's trying to do. Um, I'll put a link to um, freedonziger.org um, in the description yeah. um, and probably a couple other websites that are related to this whole thing um, with a lot of good information. Um, if the courts don't find a reason to delay it again, his trial in the contempt case will be held on May 10th. 
um, which we'll also be able to listen into if you're not in New York. Um, and then you can find information about those on the website freedonziger.org, which I just mentioned, um, and other groups like Sunrise Movement and others will be staging demonstrations in front of the courthouse in New York during the trial as well to try and bring attention to what's going on there. Let's go to New York. <laughs> Let's go. If only it was safe. I go. know. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. They, they've absolutely – his trial has been, like, delayed numerous times uh, due to COVID. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, a lot of people's trials have, so, I mean. Yeah, yeah. But – I, I, I whoa oh sorry sorry he hit the microphone <laughs> um but uh yeah anyway that's that's what i had where to did talk you about hear this about this um I, I i've listened to a couple episodes with him on a on a on uh, the chapo trap house podcast chapo trap house yeah it's like a it's a podcast you I told, yeah to. i know i know you listen to it i was trying chapo <laughs> Chapo Trap House. Yeah, and uh, he's on the podcast. No, he. Well, they've had they've interviewed. They've him interviewed. Times. Is he? Does he seem like a good guy? Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. Because he's. I want to say he seems like a good guy. He seems like he a good seems guy. like a good guy. I feel like yeah. I, I, and his main message is still the real victims. Yeah, you need to. It's real. It's all about holding Chevron accountable for yeah. what they've done. And that he's not like pulling back or anything because he's in hell right, right now you know mm -hmm. so yeah absolutely there needs to be more i don't know yeah it I just makes me upset <laughs> i mean it makes me happy that there's people like him out there like that but it makes me so even more upset that this whole story is even a thing yeah it really fucking sucks it sucks i'm glad we're doing an episode on this though like i'm i did not i didn't know about this hopefully more people hear yeah, about it i mean it. the the amazon chernobyl the ecuadorian like you know climate catastrophe is like or oil, oil stuff is also you know really underreported on and Chevron's dodging of their responsibilities there that is stuff. wild that like all of this takes place in new york Mm -hmm. Everyone lives in, New like, all of it's in New York, and then the New York Times has yet to report on it. Yeah. <laughs> they report on everything else. <laughs> yeah, they, they mm -hmm. Not this. I wonder how much money they're getting. I wonder how many, like, journalists there are, have tried to bring this to the table, and they're like, no. Yeah, it was. And then they're fired like, immediately. Doing research on this, it was like. Um, how did you find information on it this? It was, like, amazing, like, how biased, like, so much of the reporting and, like, the. Like, um, you know, like big financial, how like, how can you even defend this company? I don't understand. I'm like, how can you even find things? I mean, you lie. Yeah, exactly. You lie. And I'm like, how? Yeah, that's all, that's all what it is. Dirty people. Like, no, no decent person. Like, just like the basic facts are Chevron versus a guy. Like, any decent person is going to side with the guy, no matter side who it with is. The guy, no matter what not you know the about, company. even if you know nothing else. <laughs> yeah, and you no know, companies or, try to take down a single yeah. guy. Or I mean, or if you know Chevron versus an oil company versus anybody, you you got to side side with the other the other party there, no matter what, if it's a yeah. individual person or like the indigenous people of the rainforest. Yeah, exactly. Or, uh, yeah, whatever. I, has Obama said anything about this? I don't think so. Obama, where are you at, <laughs> sir? 
Yeah. You Don't old... you play basketball with him? Used to. Back it's been in... 587 days or yeah, whatever. He's too busy producing Netflix shows and podcasting with Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, what? What are you doing, Bruce? You're the boss, man. What you doing? What you doing with that clown? Just kidding. I know. He really should be. Why is he? He's getting paid, too. Everyone's getting paid to not talk about this. You know what? We're not getting paid. They didn't send us a check in the mail for $2,578 to be sponsored on this episode. if you would like us to strike this episode of Known Unknowns from the record. uh, You can give the $9.8 billion to the families who deserve it, plus add $700 trillion onto it. And then I'll strike the episode. <laughs> Very good. Uh-huh. That, that, that's better mm-hmm. than what I was going to say. What were you going to say? Like, you can PayPal us $3,972.53 to PayPal. Dot me. Dot me. Slash known slash unknowns. Known unknowns. And I will gladly accept the money into my bank account and keep the episode up. <laughs> but you know what? You can give me money if you want. I will just donate it back to somewhere good. Yeah. But not back to. I will donate it to somewhere good. That's not good grammar. <laughs> <laughs> if you can pay me. I'm telling you, Chevron. Billions of people listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. You you should be shaking in your boots. Yeah, shaking in your, your little blood soaked boots. Blood soaked boots. I'm telling you, this is this is going getting out. This is getting out to millions. <laughs> what? Nothing. I'm a little nervous that they will murder me. <laughs> <laughs> They've done it before. Just gonna say that. <laughs> Do, are these Chapo people still alive? Yeah. Have they ever been, have people attempted to murder them? No, they've never been attempted to be murdered. That's, that's good. That's grammar. Because they'd get more listens than us, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go out on a limb but. and say Chapo Trap House has a bigger following than known unknowns. But, you know, probably not by many. Yeah. Speaking of which, Chapo Trap House, if you would like to sponsor this episode of Known Unknowns, uh, please send four thousand two hundred and one dollars to paypal.me/slash/nonunknowns. Yeah, I'm not giving any kind of endorsement for this podcast. I am simply staying neutral on it until you send five thousand seven hundred sixty-two dollars and seventy-three cents to paypal.me/slash/nonunknowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a, a you're a you're a if you don't want me to say that you're a CIA op and you're you're fascists and you're not real. You're not real leftists and stuff. Um, to my millions of followers, then uh, exactly. you'll, you'll PayPal me $6,204.91. And don't look up how many followers we have on Twitter. Yeah. Don't you do it. Send me the money first. But anyway, there's also a good article in The Intercept about the, you don't just have to listen to the Chapo episodes with them. Uh, there's also a good episode or a good article in The Intercept and... Uh, yeah, list some other stuff. sources. Um, I'll put links to stuff in the episode description. Uh, there's freedonziger.org. There's makechevroncleanup.com, um, which has a ton of good information Go on it. Go visit these sites. Go visit uh, them. Amazonwatch.org. Um, 
those are the those those are the main ones. Oh, we'll, we'll do links. Yeah. Look look at the episode description. One day I'm gonna get an audition for something really big, and mm-hmm. then they're gonna like look into me, and they're gonna be like, "Scratch that! Don't even co- I I don't see your name on the list, Miss Davis." I, mm-hmm. I'll go in for the audition and be like, I don't see your name on the list, Miss Davis. And then I'll find out one of their sponsors or some shit is Chevron. Yeah. And then I'll be like, hmm, I'll never make it now. I'll never make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes I think about the bigger auditions I've gotten. And every time I'm like, that could have been my shot. Yeah. That, maybe This they... is random. But sometimes I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I'm like. I don't think about that when I get the audition. I just do it and send it and forget about it. Uh-huh. But then I kind of look back on it. And I'm like, that could have been my ticket. Yeah. I could have gotten famous. But then they found out about this podcast. Then they found out about this podcast <laughs> and they didn't want to hire me. <laughs> do you see what I'm doing for you people? Do you see what I'm doing for my fans? <laughs> we are, we are I'm destroying my our career. Hypothetical careers. Mine's not hypothetical. No, yours is not hypothetical. I actually do get good auditions that I don't get cast in. Okay? <laughs> I know. I, know. <laughs> I got an audition for something big once and I didn't get it. That's okay though. That's it fine. Is okay. I don't even really think about it. I just think it's cool to tell people I got the audition. Yeah, it's cool. And then people are like, What? That's so cool. And then I'm like, I didn't get it, but <laughs> they still wanted to hear me. Yeah. They wanted to hear my voice. <laughs> <laughs> they chose me to so they could hear my voice more just in case they wanted this because they thought about it. They thought about mm-hmm. wanting me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. this was long. Mine yeah, was. probably would have added like another hour. Yeah. So I'm glad we're not doing a mm-hmm. two-hour episode today. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's... Well, this was depressing. Yep. I just kind of wanted to add on. I just wanted to um, end on more of a fun note. That's yeah, why no, I went I on that, that rant. Yeah. Um, no. This this has been my atonement for liking race cars. Um. And. Uh, yeah. Well. Um, yeah. All right. Um. Well, this has been the episode. Um. Uh. Thanks for listening, guys. Do yeah. do do all the things I said to do. Yeah. Do all the things. Learn. This is important. Learn about Chevron's Amazon Chernobyl in Ecuador. <sighs> is really yeah you're right i mean this kind of goes along with the podcast i mean even if it doesn't this is just a good story to get out there you know yeah like you I... should use your whatever platform you have <laughs> mm-hmm. even no matter how small to amplify stuff like this anyway so yeah it's... i even though even if it's not super on brand for us i mean it's really important. So it is on brand. I mean, brand. I think it's on brand for us. It's not on topic. On theme. On, not yeah. on topic, but I don't. But. Yeah, well, if it's on brand, it's on topic. That's, that's right. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. Let's close around. Um, Happy Monday, everyone. Have a good week. I've been Harry. I'm still Carly. And this has been. Known Unknowns. Freedonziger.org. Because it's sad out there. Because <laughs> it's weird out there. Bye. Bye.